0: Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Candy Campbell, and she's a transformational coach, a therapist, and an energy healer. She lives in Hawaii, and she helps individuals who struggle through stress, anxiety, and constant worrying. She teaches her clients how to calm their nervous systems when they encounter the fight-flight reaction which also in some people has a freeze reaction component. So it, it, this is where we're going to start with. Kathy, how long have you been involved in the pursuits?
1: Um, as an individual business, it's just been a year, but I've been in the psychology field for 10.
0: In 10 years in the psychology field. How did you gravitate to that field?
1: Um, the truth be told, I gravitated there to try to figure out my own self, my own challenges, because somewhere deep inside, I knew what I had experienced wasn't normal. And I was always searching for something to soothe my pain and heal me. And that's kind of where I merged to, you know, moved into trying to figure myself out.
0: Interesting. And that, that seems to be a starting point for a lot of people as they try to heal themselves. They also try to to get into uh, something that will help others as well. Let's go back. Did you have, uh, you know, that, that terrible anxiety that goes on or fight and flight reactions going on in you? I did.
1: My... I guess you could call it my first experience occurred when I was three. My mother, unfortunately, because the way she was brought up, she burdened me with adult problems. She didn't feel her and my father couldn't communicate. They did not have effective communication. And because it was just me and she really didn't feel like she could talk to anybody else, she vented to me. Well, unfortunately, three-year-olds don't have the wherewithal to understand how to handle adult problems. Because this was a regular occurrence all the time, I started trying to solve things that I didn't know how to solve. So um, as a result of kind of being burdened with adult problems, I did a lot. I, I experienced a lot of anxiety growing up. And it affect, it went on to affect my life in many different ways.
0: Well, let's delve into that a little bit more because I'm sure some others out there are feeling anxiety as well, and they don't know how to deal with it. So let's talk about that a little bit. What is anxiety, and what what how does it manifest?
1: Anxiety is when you have. You know, your mind is racing, you're trying to solve things, you're worried about things, you have a constant worry, and you feel like you're on kind of a hamster wheel, you know, you're going around and around, but you're not finding the solutions. You're constantly overthinking, stressing about stuff. And it manifests, it comes out as a, comes out actually, for me, it came out in my personality, and how I've dealt with people. Um, it came out in always being worried about what was going to happen. I, I projected on things that had, hadn't had even occurred, but I would just go down a road that I shouldn't have.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people go down that fear road a lot because you know, they over amplify the things that go on in their life. Maybe they're going into a social situation and they think everybody is going to be looking at them or everybody is going to be laughing at them. Uh Or or maybe they had a bad experience in school where kids picked on, on them. And so that sort of thing gets blown blown up again, Or, or maybe there's, this thing where you have some low self esteem and that low self esteem comes up into the situation, so you over worry and overblow the situations was that true in your, your world? it
1: was I, I mean I was one that was super i had low self confidence in myself um how I interacted with people if I chose to interact with them um I was always worried I mean it was a perpetual you know a constant worry that just wouldn't shut off as in the psychology realm it would have been classified as general anxiety disorder just someone that just doesn't know how to shut off things and stays constantly in a hyper state of alert
0: yeah and that can't be good either because you know the flight-fright reaction that we have is meant for us to overcome something like, like a bull chasing us or a, an animal chasing us so that we can get those superpowers to overcome it. But to stay perpetually in that state is not healthy.
1: It's not. It, it actually, when you stay in that alerted state, your body... As you know, as a doctor, your body starts to take from your first line of defense, because your brain can't distinguish between a thought and a real life threat. I mean, back when we were in the caveman days, it was a legitimate threat. If you stepped outside of your boundaries, you had things that could eat you. But these days, more people are more stressed with worry and thoughts than anything, and your brain goes danger this is a th- this is a threat but the truth is it's not really a threat but your mind can't distinguish between something you're thinking and an actual real life threat so when you stay in that hyper state you actually can pull from your immune system it starts sending you know activating your white blood cells everything to fight off a danger what it feels is a is a threat to your body And it actually can deplete your defenses against the actual threats that are in your body and that we need our defense for.
0: And on a long-term basis, it does things to us too, like it makes your blood pressure high, which is not good. Uh, When you have high blood pressure for a long period of time, that could lead to strokes or heart attacks or other things like that. It can lead to other problems like kidney and liver problems, which are not healthy. And and it can lead to a lot of things going on as a result of that. But in, in a given situation, it makes you not being able to function properly. You, you, you mean your, your hands are sweaty, you're uh-huh. dripping with sweat in a situation, and and you're just not functioning at a level that's very healthy for you.
1: No. No, you don't. And you actually, I mean, in a, you know, that hypervigilance, it's good for a purpose. It's there. It's meant for a purpose, but not that sustained state. And if you stay in that, like I said, I've, I got the results of staying in that hyper state, not listening to my body, you know, my body telling me things and ignoring it because I just thought, oh, this is just something else going on. But I found and discovered as I went through my own journey is you have to listen to your body. Your body talks to you for a purpose. It starts giving you signs before it says, hello, you're not going to listen to me. I'm going to give you something that you can't walk away from. And it it can bring an illness. Um, I'm not saying that every illness is there, but 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. So, we have thoughts functioning in our lives and we don't always recognize that.
0: Yes. It, it also causes things like anxiety. It also mm-hmm. causes things like depression in our lives. And it also impacts on our interpersonal relationships.
1: Oh, yeah. I was always, for a long time, I was, I had this, I guess you could call it, like a chip on my shoulder. How I interacted with people was, it was like, what? are you, what's your motive, you know, instead of just opening and being up there forthcoming and saying, this is who I am. I was always suspicious of someone having a motive of why they were talking to me or what their interactions were, but it wasn't, a lot of people don't. I just, it was me. It was the way I interacted with people because I was super worried about things and mistrustful. You know, I didn't trust people. And it really did take its toll on my life. And I saw that even after I had kids, I realized, you know, I had so much built up anger inside of me and it was starting to come out in in negative ways. I mean, not proud of the fact, but it's really humbling when you have a three-year-old go, oh, My mommy kicked a hole in the wall. My ex and I were having an argument and I kicked at him and kicked the wall. It was a cheap wall. But nonetheless, I put a hole in the wall and my youngest saw it. My kids saw it. And that's not something that you can walk away from and go, oh, you know, this didn't happen. I had a witness. So my constant worry, anger, depression was coming out in multiple ways. And it wasn't healthy for me. And I really, it really woke me up when I started seeing this wasn't healthy for my kids. My kids were being affected by this. It wasn't just me, but I was affecting them and they, and that wasn't right. And that wasn't fair.
0: That's important too. And I I think, you know, this is something that, that you have to, that a person that is in the situation perpetually has to realize the, the problems that it's causing for them and others around them.
1: Mm -hmm. It was an eye opener for me. I still didn't know how to fix it, but I knew that I had to fix something. So I went on a journey. I went on a search trying to figure out how to make myself better, how not to be so anxious all the time. And, Worried about, you know, I used to worry about what people thought of me. I'd walk in the room and I'd be like, "They don't like me." I didn't. They didn't even know. Pay attention to me, but it was my mind's creating a story that wasn't true. And so I learned after a while, you know, after I did my journey and my transformation, it's okay if someone doesn't like me. I'm okay with that, you know. If it, if they don't like me. Oh, well, it you know, if they've got a problem with me, it's their problem,
0: not mine. So, so let's go back on that journey. Where did that journey take you? And how did you come awaken to into where you are now?
1: Well, it took me a while before I began this journey. I mean, I started looking, but I didn't fully do that deep dive. And there until I was in my 40s. I went through a period of loss where I, at one point in time, I lost my four month old little girl. I lost both my parents and um, two dogs that I'd had since they were puppies. And I also went through a divorce. All this kind of occurred within these short periods of time. And what I found was when I, started going through this, I was pushing back against a lot of stuff and I I got, I was losing who I was and I was angry. I found myself being angry. I hadn't processed that grief. I didn't allow myself to process the grief that I needed. I did a, you know, kind of that perfunctory cry, but going through those stages of grief, I really didn't do effectively. Sure. The biggest thing that occurred was I was watching my mother pass away. She was, she had had uh, kidney cancer. It was incurable, and she was just at the end. She'd been on dialysis for a year, and she just couldn't take it anymore. And I remember sitting there thinking, looking at my mom as she was using, you know, in those past couple, last couple of days. And she was like, I should have done this. I could have done that. I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry about that. And I remember thinking I was having a significant birthday coming up and I thought, I don't want to reach the end of my life. However long I have in this world and be where my mother is, you know, whether it's 50 years, 70 years, however many years I've got left on this world. I wanted to be able to reach the end and just say goodbye to my family and not have those regrets. I'd already had enough of those. And so I said, I got to find something that's going to make a difference. And I started, I guess, basically investing in myself to find some healing, not just going through a doctorate program and getting, you know, being learning the clinical side of psychology, but truly getting some deep healing that was going to transform my life better than what
0: it was mhm and so you started this awakening you started this process where where you overcame the anger you yeah. Overcame the things you were going through. I, I suspect during that process, you also were somewhat depressed and had some depression issues. I, I suspect you, you had through this some denial issues too, where you were denying that anything was going on. And, and, and I think at the end of it, you came out at the end and said, these are the things I need to do to get ahead. These are the things uh, you started the little light bulb going over in your head and saying, you know, I was doing a lot of things wrong. You know, I was, I was doing things wrong. And, and the problem is if I don't do the proper things, I'm not going to be able to help myself and I'm not going to be able to help others. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: I I came to that realization. It's like, you know, as they say, A physician, heal thyself. You got to heal yourself first. And it has to come from the inside. If you don't heal yourself, you can't help anybody. It's kind of like when you fly and the flight attendants giving their safety procedures. And they say, if the oxygen mask drops down, put yours on first before you help others. Because you don't do any good if if you're out of oxygen. So... I woke up, I guess I had that light bulb moment that really flipped the switch in me. And I said, "Okay, I've got to, you know, for the sake of my family and this and just my overall being, I needed to help myself and I needed to really get down to that nitty gritty of what was creating so much tension in my own body and in my own mind and i mean i i could see i knew the clinical side of what i had learned through my education but there was more to just the clinical perspective i had to do some forgiveness i had to do some deep seated healing and just release things you know we can't change the past the past is what's done if we could all if we could change the past that would be incredible but we can't we can learn from it we can see what those experiences were and maybe see the that silver lining of an event but we can't we have to go from where we are now because the decisions we make now will affect our future and that's the only thing we can control we can't control people we can't control how life comes at us sometimes it hits us from behind. Sometimes it comes straight at us, or sometimes it sideswipes us. But I do believe that each and every event that I've encountered in my life has created the opportunity for me to be where I am today. Am I, you know, I'm still a work in progress. I still have moments I wake up and kind of go, oh, (laughs) but I have the tools and the strategies that I can implement that can get me shift me you know i i can go out and move do movement exercise dance around sing and you know my serotonin my dopamine all start kicking in and i feel better i can eat healthier i can recognize when i'm going down a thought pattern that's not effective if i have one that's telling me oh this isn't going to go right i'm like i have a little talk with myself i'm like no we're not going there You know, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to act on
0: it. And that's important. And I think those are some very, very fundamental statements that are going on there. Well, we're getting close to our end here, but there's a couple of things I'd like to cover yet. One is if somebody comes to you and isn't dealing with anxiety, how will you help them?
1: I will teach them, well, I'll teach them some strategies and some tools that they can, one, lower their cortisol, interrupt that message that the amygdala is sending to the brain that's saying, go into, you know, you got to freeze, you got to flee, you got to fight right now. Um, I teach my clients strategies that they can use to calm their nervous system. I also work on, we also work on doing some energetic healing as well as some forgiveness practice because a lot of us, we don't, you know, we have challenges when it comes to forgiveness, especially of ourselves. Uh, That inner critic can talk pretty strong when it wants to. And so we go through a process of healing and forgiving themselves for whatever has occurred.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. Candy, how do you have a fantastic life?
1: Well, I'm still living. I'm still living. I, I have a wonderful family that supports me. And I wake up with gratitude for everything I have. Has my life been easy? No. But I'm grateful for what I've experienced because. If it weren't for those past experiences, I wouldn't be here today where I'm at. I still have work to do.
0: I I think gratitude is something we greatly underestimate in our days and how important it is to to estimate. And one of the things I always tell my listeners is make a gratitude journal every day because that can help you a lot with, with your daily living and helping things Uh, On a regular basis, I think that's something that should do. And, And coupled with that, I said, I tell people about giving giving should be done on a regular basis and it doesn't have to be anything big it could be something like just having a little smile for somebody it could be just giving a little a little bit of yourself and a little bit of help when they need it 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 can be very something small it may be inconsequential to you but it can certainly be something very consequential to them And, and i think that's those are some of the the very, very small things we can do and some of the very big things we do. Uh, you know, one small step for man, one big step for mankind. And, and I think those are the baby steps that we all have to take on a regular basis. And now, even more than ever, that's necessary because there seems to be a lot of anger. There seems to be a lot of anxiety going on and there seems to be a a lot of problems coming up just from living now. And and it seems to be amplified on a regular basis. You know, the frustration that has gone on from two years of COVID I think is still going on in our brains. And I still think we have COVID brain going on because of it. And and we're afraid really to take steps forward as a result. And, And we're still seeing that this is still a problem and that's going to be a problem for a long time. So we got to realize that, that, you know, we have to take some positive steps and do some positive things on a regular basis in order to prevent this from becoming a major problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's
1: one of the, those are some of the techniques that I do teach my clients is gratitude. We get down to the basics, you know, clear out that thought, offer gratitude. And like you said, you never know, you know, walk down the street and smile at people, look them in the eye and you'd be surprised. You usually get a smile back. Every once in a while you get one that won't, but more often than not, people will respond and you never know. You don't know where someone's at. If you smile at them and they feel that love, you know, that, just not love, love, but that love coming from you, you might just interrupt something that wasn't, you have no clue what was going on in that person's mind. But if you smile at them and make them feel like they're important, you may have affected them in a in a huge way.
0: And I think this is I, my message. And I think yours, too. That's how you can have people have a fantastic life as well just the small things on a regular basis.
1: Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients it's about little chunks. It's not about making huge leaps, but it's one step at a time, doing one small thing, just going out and being yourself, not to be afraid. If you're afraid, even if you're afraid, I tell my clients, do it afraid. Don't let fear stop you. Because fear will always try to derail you, but it's like I just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and step out there, even if you're shaking in your boots.
0: I think that's important. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Candy Campbell, I'm a very important person. Candy, if you would, if people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so?
1: Um, they can go to my website, which is uh, Candy Campbell. It's K A N. D-I-E-E-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot net.
0: Okay, now that's important because there's a different spelling there, and if you don't spell it properly, you won't get there. So let's try that again so people can do that one more time.
1: It's K-A-N-D-I-E-E-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot net.
0: Yes, that's good. Remember, that's got a dot .NET. And the candle has a B in it. Because otherwise, you're not going to find it properly. And the candy is not spelt like the candy. C-A-N-D-Y. So please look her up and uh, see if there's something that she can offer you and help you in your regular day. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you liked this episode, please put down that you liked it so it can get out to others. And can you also please put some comments down? Because that helps us get us up to more people. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us to be part of your life today. Um, we hope that we will make a positive effect on you in the future. Stay well and have a fantastic day. Thank you, Candy, for spending your time with us today. Thank you, Dr. Leica. I appreciate it. I'm grateful. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day.